What is going on? Hey, thanks for being here. You're listening to The Shaleen Show. I'm Shaleen. Today, we're talking about female friendships. So friend, let's get to it. To start, let's break down the purpose of a friendship. Now, the first person to do this, that I'm aware of anyways, or perhaps the most famous person to really break down the purpose and meaning of friendships was Aristotle. A couple of things that we do know that friendships provide for us, the first of which is affirmation. So we like having friends because it makes us feel affirmed. We like to have people around us who make us feel important, make our ideas feel like they're normal. It's a relationship and relationships, we use relationships to know that we are significant, that we matter, that we're doing things right, that we're normal. This first very basic level of why it is we desire friendships can also give us some indication of why friendships can often become toxic or why friendships are often revered or looked at in such a way like they have more power than what they really should have. Because, I mean, before we go much further, if we're looking to another person for affirmation, if we need to know that we're significant because of how we define our relationship with somebody else, we're already in big trouble. We've already moved way too far away from God's love. I mean, it's really, we don't need affirmation from anyone else to be worthy, to be significant, to know that we're lovable. And I know that's easier said than done. It's hard to feel as though you are lovable. It is hard to feel as though you are worthy if it doesn't feel like other people are giving you that assurance. But the bottom line is, the more you need that from other people, the more desperate and needy you are going to be in friendships. All right, let's move on. We also have friendships because they're fun. I mean, friends can provide us with certain things that like your romantic partner cannot. A fun friend gives you the opportunity to like step outside the things that you feel like you have to be in your romantic relationship or the person you have to be on social media or with your children or with your family. Like it's a way to just kind of let go and have fun and be who you are. Sometimes friendships are the place where we can reconnect with our childhood. You know, we can laugh and giggle and be silly and literally have fun. We can step outside of our adult selves for a moment. Friendships can also provide us with clarification, guidance. Now, some friends actually do that. It's like the place where we check in to know if, in fact, our own virtues and beliefs make sense. It's a place for some of us, some friendships, where we can go to kind of ask questions of ourselves or to hold up a mirror to our own beliefs and our decisions. Friendships can provide some accountability. They are a way for us to know that we're on the right path. And that is why with some of our friendships, they can, from time to time, take on almost a, a mentorship role. But when that does happen, the friendship isn't always equal. Now, there are friendships, however, where the mentorship does go back and forth. And that's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the different levels of friendships. Now, here's the rub with the different levels of friendships. You might define, you know, insert name of friend. You might define that friendship as being on level one. But that person 
may define your friendship as being on level three or four, or you may be in flux. And you also want to keep in mind that not every friend that you have is going to stay on that level. Like these levels are pretty organic and that shouldn't say anything about you or them. It just is what it is. So let's start with the first level of friendship, and that is just someone that you know. They're not a complete stranger. It's not someone who's just, you know, driving by you in their car. It's someone you maybe see on a regular basis. You wave. Maybe you even know their name. You nod at them when you walk past. You might say hello. It's the person that you see at the gym. It's the neighbor that you walk past. You know their names. You say hello. How are you today? You exchange pleasantries. But you really don't know each other, not on an intimate level. Now, P.S., what complicates all of this is freaking social media. I mean, there are people who, it's weird, I follow them and I feel like I know them and I actually do know a lot about them and they've written vulnerable posts and they share every part of their life and I know I do this too, right? And there are people who I follow and I think if I were to see them, I would think that they would recognize me because I see them all the time. I follow them on social media. I listen to their podcast. I watch their reality TV show, what have you. Now, if I were to see that person for a split second, I would think, oh, I I know that person. But in their mind, I'm in the stranger category. I'm a complete stranger. I've put them in a different category because I've invested more into knowing that person and they don't know me at all. So there's a perfect example of two people being in two very different categories. The next category of friendships is described as being acquaintances. These are people who you've had a conversation or two, you know each other, you might even know a lot about each other. You haven't spent quality time together, but you've, you know, you've chatted from time to time. Maybe you've hung out, but when you did so, it wasn't because like they invited you over or you invited them over. It was like there was a group of people and you're like, oh, let me talk to Chad. I've talked to Chad, the last time this exact group got together. So your acquaintances, you could introduce them to someone else, but you've never coordinated a meetup. You've never gone out to dinner. You haven't exchanged deep conversations. It's an acquaintance. Then the next level might be described as casual friends. Now, casual friends are people who we find enjoyable. We've maybe done some things together. Like oftentimes, an acquaintance is someone we meet them and we're like, oh, they're they're kind of fun. This could be something more. I think I could explore spending more time with this person. You might invite them out to lunch with a few other people. So now you've spent a little bit more time with them. Maybe this is someone who you have a little bit deeper conversation, but it still stays pretty casual or surface level, at least from your standpoint. Now, remember, you might consider someone a casual friend. And when you got together, you shared casual conversation with them. They may have shared very deep, revealing, vulnerable things with you. And so they may already have placed you in a different category of friend. But for right now, you've placed them in the casual friendship category. These are people who you you feel somewhat comfortable around them. Maybe you have each other's phone numbers. You can text every once in a while. Like if something comes up and you're like, oh, you know, that reminds me of so-and-so. So you might like text them. You might comment on their social media. Other examples of What might be considered a casual friendship is, you know, your person you hang out with at work. Like, you know, you have good time chatting with them at work. It's someone who you associate with because of proximity. An example of this might be your son or daughter plays on a sports team and you're going to practice a couple of times a week and you end up 
before social distancing, sitting in the stands next to the other moms and you develop a friendship with one or two of the other moms. Even though this might continue on for some period of time, it's probably a pretty casual relationship. These are friends who, because of that proximity, oftentimes when that changes, meaning you're no longer working at the same office or your kids aren't playing on the same sporting teams, like those friendships kind of start to slowly fade away. And you're like, oh, yeah, remember Jenny? Whatever happened to Jenny? Yeah, I haven't seen her in years. It wasn't like there was a fallout, but there was something about that friend that for whatever reason, maybe it was you, maybe it was them, maybe it was mutual. It didn't have the chops. It didn't have what it needed to go to the next level. And that is okay. Not only is it okay, it's a must have because you only have a certain amount of energy and most of that energy should be devoted to your immediate family and the people who are at the very, very highest tier of this friendship level to beat yourself up or to wonder what went wrong and why you're no longer friends with this person who you once had a casual relationship with is a waste of time and energy. You know, God has a reason why they brought that person into your life for that season. And if it was meant to last longer or to have gone deeper, it would have. Don't force it. The next level of friendship is someone you might call a close friend. Now, these are people who you're thinking of when you've got like some extra time and you know, you want to do something for you. This is the person who you're going to call. You want to hang out with them. You want to hang out with them because they have significance in your life. They're important to you. These are usually people who they provide kind of all of those things, like they're fun. That's has to, if you don't put someone in your close friend category who isn't providing you some kind of joy and maybe they're not like, you know, wacky, crazy kind of fun, but there's something about them that gives you pure joy. Like it feels good. It fills you up. Someone you end up putting in the close friend category is they're going to have all of those things we talked about at the beginning, like they make you feel affirmed. They make you feel normal. They make you feel significant. They also are really fun and they provide you with some clarity almost like a mentorship, like a back and forth. It's cool to hang out with them. These are the people who you could be friends with for most of your life. But these are also the kind of friends that they're not needy, right? So you can go sometimes months or even years without talking to them and then proximity changes and you've moved to a new state or something happens and you reconnect and it's like no time has passed and there's no bitterness, no weirdness, no judgment. It's just, this is a great person. When they are close to you, when this person is spending a lot of time with you, when they're nearby, when it works because your stage of life matches with their stage of life, then these are the people who you, you want to invite them to everything. Like you're going out to dinner with them. You're spending extra time with them if you can. You know, if there's any kind of a social engagement, you want them to be there. Like these are the people who make you feel really comfortable. You love being around them. You love them. You want good things to happen for them. You would never in a million years be jealous or envious of good things that are happening for them. Like it feels like family to you. However, sometimes close friends are going through a different season in their life. Like maybe your very close friend got pregnant and married and you're still single. And so this is still someone who you have great fondness for. You probably still put them in the close friend category, but you might not be spending as much time with them during this season. And that could change 10 years, five years, one year from now, who knows. But you know it's a close friend because you're not worried about it, 
right? You just know and you love and support them and they love and support you and they know like that bond is there and nothing can break that. Now, frankly, it takes time to develop a close friendship. You cannot force a close friendship. A close friendship is going to have to go through ups and downs. You're going to have to argue, work through it, learn to apologize, get over it. You have to establish trust. And once trust is broken, this person might go back into the, you know, just general friends or casual friends category. You might not think of them anymore as a close friend. You might think of them as someone who is a formerly close friend. And that's okay if they're a casual friend who was once a close friend, because frankly, you don't have a lot of spots on the bench for close friends. You just don't. I mean, when I meet someone, they say, oh, I've got like 20 close friends. I'm like, 20? 20 close friends? Really? No, I bet you have like five close friends and then maybe another 15 who are, you know, they could be close friends. But you have to devote time and energy and care and empathy and all of these things into anyone that you consider a close friend. And I dare say that anyone who says they have, you know, 20 close friends probably isn't a very good friend. How could they be? Because they've got so many other people to take care of, not to mention their, you know, intimate relationships. I mean, their significant other. And then the final level of friendship, which I like to call the intimate friendship. And the intimate friendship is also often what we call like a BFF, right? But you can have a close friend who feels like a BFF. I like to think I have quite a few BFFs, but just a few, very few intimate friendships. What's very interesting about an intimate relationship is it takes forever to build it. It really does. Most people are going to stay in the close friend category for a long time. Intimate friendships, they are the kinds of friendships that you'll have for a lifetime. They take a very, very long time to develop because they take time to be able to establish the level of trust, empathy, admiration, shared virtues. It takes a long time to be able to know that someone, no matter what happens, they're going to be there for you. It is not a relationship of convenience or utility. It's not a relationship because of proximity or a shared season, interest, or hobby. It's the type of friendship that you feel love for this person, deep love, like as deep as the love that you feel for your family. And that takes a long time to develop. Maintaining a friendship like this requires that you love someone so much that you can be selfless, that you can be compassionate, that you can forgive, that you can work through difficult things, and you're focused on growth. One of these intimate relationships, so it just provides you with so much. Like it just, it feels good all the way down to your bones because you know this person sees you without ever having to see you and you see them. And you don't have to be the same, but you really understand each other, you love each other, and you've invested a lot of emotional energy into each other. And very much like a close friendship, someone who is an intimate friend, they too, you have such love for each other that you can drift apart for a period of time. You might not see each other as often, but it always feels like you picked up right where you left off. However, with most intimate relationships, this person is going to be in your life very consistently. It's very rare that an intimate friend takes 
years or months without really connecting. And I don't mean necessarily connecting in person. Now it's wonderful that we can use voicemail messages and video conferences. And, you know, I can stay really close to some of my closest, most intimate friends without having to see them very often. Thank goodness for that. But our intimate friendships, you're going to have very few intimate friendships. Very few. Typically, you'll only have one, maybe two or three at a time, but there's always one that's just like, that's the person. And maybe you don't have someone right now who you consider an intimate friend. And to that, I say, don't force it. That person may just be a close friend for you right now, but over time and experiences and life just going on, that person may prove to be a very dear, intimate friend. And you just never know when or who or where that's going to be, but you'll just feel joy and a deep sense of love. And that is going to go on for years. Remember, someone can't like immediately be an intimate friend. I mean, it literally takes years, I think. And they're very treasured, very special, very, very rewarding friendships. You know who you are. I love you. We're going to take a quick break to talk about my absolute favorite skincare routine right now. I'm recording this on the weekend. Obviously, you're listening to it on Monday, and the weekends now, Saturday night, are my nights to take care of my skin, and trophy skin is a big part of that process. While we are doing our Netflix and chill, that is my habit trigger to remind myself to not just sit there, but like, okay, I can sit here and make my skin look more youthful. So I have this home machine called a Microderm MD, and it's made by trophy skin. It's insane. And what it does is it's like a little machine and it buffs away all the fine lines and wrinkles and improves my skin tone and texture. It like exfoliates your face and it literally makes your skin glow. Like your makeup goes on so much smoother. Now check this out. The nationwide average cost for just like one microdermabrasion treatment, if you were like to go to the spas, is at least $150 to $250. But no matter which Trophy Skin product you choose, you will pay yourself back the investment in just a few treatments. They've got incredible, not just skincare line, but incredible tools to use, like the Microderm MD that I use or their latest products, which I just started using. I'm super excited about, like the Rejuvitone MD. It's like getting a little mini facelift and it improves the tone of your muscles in your face and just the overall look of your neck and your face by using this little machine. They've got products like Brighten MD that is specifically for your eyes, your face, and your neck. That's under $100. The Ultraderm MD, which is the ultimate microdermabrasion kinetic toning system, that sucker is under $349. So, I mean, like all these are super well priced. And I'm telling you, I've tested them myself. I'm a gal who typically goes to the skin face spa, but not since I discovered Trophy Skin. And now because you're a lifer, you get 30% off all of their products when you enter the code LIFER as you're checking out. Okay, so you go to trophyskin.com, enter the code LIFER and get your 30% off. Let me take just a moment to tell you about my latest discovery. It's a discovery for your feet. It's a sock. The socks are called Features, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, Features, like feet, but features. And I'm telling you, I've been on the quest to find the perfect sock for years. And I bought every single sock known to man 
it's not that I'm picky about the way the socks feel. I mean, that's nice too, but it's also how do they fit and do they stay on my foot and how do they make my feet smell or not smell? Like all of these things matter. What I love the most about features is they don't slip off my feet. They're not too thick. They don't like bunch up under my toes and they're so comfortable. These socks are so good. They actually come with a lifetime guarantee. That's crazy. They're literally that durable and long lasting that if you're ever unsatisfied with the socks at any point, they'll replace them. No questions asked. Everyone in my family is addicted to these socks and they're a game changer. You need to try these yourself. You can go to Features, and again, it's spelled F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S, Features.com, and enter the promo code SHALEEN. When you enter SHALEEN at your checkout, you'll get $10 off your first pair of Feature socks. And you can feel good supporting a family-owned U.S.-based company founded in 2002. Their mission is to create great products, and they have done so. Again, that's features.com forward slash Shaleen or enter the code Shaleen for your $10 off. All right, back to the show. So what if you really just struggle with this whole thing? Like you tend to put people in a higher category. You think of, you know, a lot of people as close friends and it feels very much to you like they think of you as an acquaintance or just a friend, a casual friend. How do you handle it if you often feel hurt or let down by your friends? Someone who, again, you know, you've thought of them as a, a more serious friend, but yet you're having to do all of the follow-up. You're the person who has to plan your next get-together. They're never checking in on you. When you do get together, they just talk about themselves. They don't really seem that interested in what's going on in your life. Or you just have a really hard time in general developing and maintaining female friendships. So what might be going on? First, let's rule out the more obvious reasons why this might be happening. The first of which is, are you just generally one of those people who tends to always see the negative, a downer? Are you the type of person who tends to just always have something going wrong? And it may feel like it's no fault of your own, but there's like a black cloud that tends to follow you. Or maybe you joke about things in a negative way or sarcastically. And that's just your way of relating to other people. It's your way of appearing humble, but it always comes across as other people having to like either lift you up or point out the positives. If you are generally one of those people who always has something going wrong, always sees the negative, always jokes about things in a negative way, or who just generally has like a lot of drama and problems following them, like it's just like one thing after the other, even though you might attract friends initially who tend to also be attracted to people where they can kind of jump in and save the day, after a period of time, it just gets a little bit exhausting. People tend to tire of those who we feel like we have to take care of or lift up. And maybe that's not your intention, but if that's what you're making people feel, it's going to be hard to maintain friendships. Next is a friend who's jealous and judgy. Now, again, initially, these tendencies and traits might not show up. But if you are the type of person who feels threatened by your friend's interests in other people and other things, it's going to show up as you being judgy or judgmental or maybe even jealous. And ultimately, that negativity, it's hard to hide. 
It obviously comes from a place of feeling less than adequate, but when someone else feels like they have to constantly reassure you or justify their friendships or interests in other people and other things, it's just too much work. Friends shouldn't require that much effort. Next is the narcissist. And again, these aren't always traits that we can see in ourselves, but I just ask you to ask yourself if you struggle with friendships when you're together, when you're on the phone, is the majority of your conversation about what's going on in your life, about your problems, about what's happening in your day? And, and I know what you're thinking, well, sometimes, and you really just have to be honest with yourself. If you really want to fix this, if you truly wish that you were able to have better female friendships, you have to be honest with yourself and you've got to take a difficult look at your conversations and be truthful with yourself and say like, do I spend the majority of my time like letting somebody finish their sentence, their conversation because I want to get back to me? Am I always calling my friends because there's something going on in my life, because there's problems, there's pain, there's drama, there's challenges, and I'm always talking about my stuff. And, you know, 20% of the time I remember to say, so what's going on with you? Like if you literally have to remind yourself to interrupt yourself, to stop talking about yourself, to check in on someone and say, Looks, well, okay, enough about me, back to you. If 80% of the time it's about you and you're struggling to keep your friendships, I mean, the writing is on the wall. You've got to take an, a serious, authentic, and very genuine interest in other people. You have to care about other people. And I frankly find that it's sometimes hard to do that if you don't feel like people care about you. But that's got to come from you first. It has to come from you first. No one else can make you feel important, justified. No one else can make you feel accepted. That has to come from within first. And if it doesn't, it shows up in very narcissistic, very needy, very, okay, back to me kind of behavior. And eventually, as I said, with all friendships, if you're not meeting some of those requirements, if you're not meeting some of those purposes, if you're not fun for them, the majority of the time, if you don't help someone to grow, if you don't help someone to feel like they're a kid again, if you don't help people to feel uplifted, if you're always expecting that of other people, well, it's no wonder that these relationships are hard to maintain. Are you the self-centered friend? Are you the friend who expects everybody else to cater to what it is you need? Do you constantly feel like others are hurting your feelings or they're not doing enough or they're not thinking of you and it's about your feelings and your emotions? If the answer is yes, that's a difficult relationship to maintain. That's hard to maintain even if it's a significant other, like your romantic relationships. That's hard to maintain that even when there's that connection. When it's a friend, I mean, it's just too much work. The bottom line is if you're the kind of friend who it's not very fulfilling for people on the other side, it's going to be hard to maintain those friendships. It is difficult to be around people who are uncomfortable in their own skin. If you're struggling to maintain female friendships, if you're struggling to make female friends, and you feel like people are awkward around you, you have to ask yourself if you are awkward around yourself. Like, are you comfortable with who you are? Are you actually yourself when you're around other people? Because if you're not, people can sense that. They can feel that. 
even if you try as you might to be incredibly outgoing and likable and agreeable and a people pleaser and just easy to get along with, if in your heart of hearts, you are uncomfortable with who you are for whatever reason, it's going to be difficult to make true, long, and lasting friendships. I find that people who are typically a little bit more insecure struggle with self-doubt, really struggle with what other people think of them. They usually have a lot of casual friendships, and they're pretty desperate to develop intimate friendships. But you can't have an intimate friendship unless you intimately like yourself. I found that those people in my life who've shown up feeling like a very needy friend, the type who's, you know, I've got to be very careful that I haven't hurt their feelings, that I'm thinking about, oh, how are they going to interpret this? That the person who I can tell or they've even expressed to me how much they need the friendship, typically that person, and again, I'm just speaking from personal experience, they tend to have had a childhood where they didn't feel accepted. They felt very rejected. Maybe their experience as a child was one where they were bullied or they felt ostracized or for whatever reason, they just didn't feel like they belonged. They didn't feel like they were accepted. And sometimes that can happen in their own friend experiences, or it could even happen from in their own family. Like they didn't feel accepted or like they belonged. They felt rejected in their own family. Well, you can sense their desperation and you can sense that they are defining themselves through the lens of that friendship. And this is the hard stuff. If you don't intimately like yourself, it is impossible to go there with another person. You might feel like you have some intimate relationships, but they eventually will subside and then you'll realize what you had was maybe a good friend or a casual friend, but it, it wasn't the intimate relationship that you so desired because you want something from them that you cannot give yourself yet. Now, I believe, and you need to believe that it's possible, but you got to do the work on yourself first. Like You've got to get to a place where you really like you before you're going to get that back from somebody else. It's difficult for people to maintain friendships with you if you're also extremely shy. And not just shy, but you never really like let your guard down and tend to trust people and show up in kind of a vulnerable way. And I don't mean so much so that you are always playing the victim, but I mean, if you can't really like trust people and have deep conversations and connect on that level, or at least be funny and outgoing and help people to just let go and be who they are, if you're so reserved and always thinking about what other people think of you, yeah, it's going to be hard to find those lasting friendships. And lastly is the needy friend. And, you know, you can kind of spot a needy friend from 100 miles away. They tend to, as hard as they try to hide it, there are these little tips and little subtle nuances that tell you that this person really needs this friendship. And that's just going to be tough for anyone to maintain because friendships shouldn't feel like an obligation. Friendships should feel like an escape, like they're fun. Needy friends are the ones who often will tell you that you've hurt their feelings. They tend to keep score. They don't think about what's going on in your life, what you might be up to, or, you know, just 
the fact that you have other friends and other relationships, they just are always putting upon you to either call them or respond to their text messages or get together again. And while you love them, it just feels like you're constantly walking on eggshells trying to make sure that they feel important and they feel needed. And therefore, it feels more like work than it does a true friendship. I think a true friendship just doesn't have those kind of parameters. It doesn't have those kind of rules and boundaries on them. It doesn't have those kinds of you know, measured assessments of the first time or the last time or the next time that you were the one to reach out or you were the one to organize things. And frankly, if someone isn't regularly reaching out to you, you can run that risk of pointing out to them and, and letting them know that you have different expectations or you'd like something more from the friendship. Just know that when you do that, you are running a risk. You're running the risk of letting someone know, like with a neon sign, I need this friendship. Not I enjoy this friendship. I need this. I need you to take care of me. I need you to be there for me. I need you to do more for me. And it's a risky thing to do unless that person already categorizes you as a very close friend, perhaps maybe even an intimate friend. But I always personally think you got to think of them first. Like relationships should not be that much work. They're not the same thing as a romantic friendship. You have to consider, is this the right thing for me to say? Or am I going to scare this person away? Am I being thoughtful? Am I thinking about what's going on in their life right now? Or am I making it about me? Am I trying to define my worth, my value, by how they define this relationship and how close and how they feel about me? And if the answer to that is in any way, shape, or form yes, then It's not the other person you should be having this conversation with. It's you. And you can put more effort into the relationship. And if it's not reciprocated, then it's just not reciprocated. This isn't a marriage. It's not a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not family. You're friends, but you are likely in a different category than what you'd like to put them into. So how should you handle it if this person who you'd like to have a deeper connection with doesn't seem to be on the same wavelength that you are. Should you have a conversation with them? Should you confront them? Should you tell them about your needs? And what if you no longer feel the closeness to someone that you once felt? You feel distant from them. You don't agree with their virtues, their values, how they're living their life. You just don't have much in common with them anymore, or you just don't really like who they've become, who they hang out with, or what it's like when you hang out with them. Maybe they just don't enrich your life in the same way they once did. doesn't mean that they're a bad person. doesn't mean that you can't still love and appreciate them, but you just don't feel the same about them anymore. Should you have a confrontation? Should you have a sit down? Should you explain what's going on? Or should you just let life take its course? I don't know what the answer is for you. I know what the answer is for me. If there's truly something that needs to be discussed that I don't feel right about it if I don't discuss it, then yeah, we're going to have a conversation, never a confrontation. It's about communication and any friendship that has been valuable and that has served both of us is worth fighting for, is worth working through difficult things. But there's a difference between working through difficult times and just gently realizing, you know, we're in different places. I still have love for them in my heart. I still wish the best for them. We're just drifting apart. We're 
We have different things that we're interested in. We live in different places. We're in different seasons of our lives, in which case, you know, I'll never force a friendship. Friendships can be very organic. Sometimes they take on different shapes and different meanings and more significance at different points in our lives. Now, you have to remember that your friendships, if you're trying to force them, it's like trying to force money into your life. If you desperately need something, the universe will push it away. If you know you're already receiving something, you're going to receive more of it. If you're already grateful for the people you have in your life and the relationships you have, and they make your life more enriched and happier, but you don't need them, yet you're grateful for them, you'll find more of that. But if you have to force a friendship, if you have to force communication and it's not mutual, then you have to let it go. You just have to let it be. It's truly that simple. Thank you so much for listening today. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time to go to the Apple podcast and find the place where we leave a review for this show. And just know that doing so is so incredibly valuable. It's the reason why we're still doing this. And it really means a lot to me. It's how people find out about the show. It's like I say, the show is free. Leaving a review is the tip jar. So if you haven't done so recently, please let me know by uh, leaving me a five-star review on the podcast that you found most helpful and meaningful recently. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon.